I believe that we are the guardians of a treasure that is called Judaism, a treasure that belongs to our children. This treasure has been passed on to us and it's our privilege to enjoy it, to cherish it, to grapple with it, to walk on a journey with it, and also to share it, to pass this treasure along to the next generation for them to discover it. Shalom, friends. Welcome to Raising Jewish Kids, the podcast for parents, educators, and spiritual leaders interested in children's journey in Judaism. My name is Evelyn Goldfinger, also known as Miss Eve, and I am so happy that you're here. Ruchim Abayim, welcome. Today is such a fun episode. In the Talmud, our sages wrote, When Adar arrives, we increase our joy. So how can we increase our joy? Well, how about improving our joy with improvisational theater? We have Andrew Davis from the Bible Players today talking improv education, and we will model three fun improv games that you can play today with your children. There are some tips for Purim and all year round tricks using theater too. Before we dive in, as you know, my background is in theater. As a matter of fact, right now I am rehearsing my Purim play, The Poor Imagination Show, which I wrote. It's a fun, interactive, and educational show. Actually, if you are in Miami, you can come this weekend, March 5th at 5 p.m. to see Miss Eve live and The Poor Imagination Show at Beth Moshe Congregation. Send me an email, toratron at gmail.com for more info. So as I said, I'm rehearsing and guess what? Even though I created this show a couple of years ago, each year I rehearse again. Why is that? Because theater is a live art form. The show is constantly being recreated. And honestly, this way, it's much more fun for me too. And many of you are probably rehearsing your own Purim spiels. So I thought today it might be useful to you to learn some of my tips and tricks when putting on a show, whether with a cast of one or a cast of 200. Some of you sent your questions and I thank you so much. I hope these are helpful for everyone. And again, if you have further questions, please do contact me. All right, these are my thoughts. David asks, how early do I need to start if I want each class to take a section of the spiel? Well, first of all, let me tell you that I love this approach that you're doing, David, because having each class take a part of the story of the Purim story is a great way of working simultaneously on the play. It saves you time, but it also spotlights each class. So I think that's very clever. And thank you for sending your question. Of course, the timetable depends on the time availability that you have, the age of your students, the complexity of the spiel that you're putting on and the script, right? It's not the same thing to do impromptu storytelling with participation of the audience than a Broadway-like production. But let's imagine that you're doing something somewhere in the middle. What, what I like to do is to include the rehearsing in the curricula. This way, if you can start like two or three months in advance, you can not only start with a script, but you can also link that to studying about Purim, um, Jewish traditions, um, standing up for yourself, anti-bullying, art, theater, and include theater games. It depends on the angle, but you can really engage kids that way. So it feels more natural. It's not only about we're putting on a show, but we are working on this unit and the show is a byproduct of that sort of. So I hope that answers at least partially your question. 
Another question that I have, how early do I need to start if I also want the kids to do crew roles? Oh, this is great because, you know, not everybody wants to be under the spotlight. Some kids want to be a part of the experience, but they don't want to perform and they don't want to memorize lines or, or dance. So taking that into consideration, we can really assign them roles that they're comfortable with and being part of the crew or maybe creating or helping with painting the scenery, the sets, right? The costumes, the props. It's a great way of including everybody. You might want to ask yourself, do you have experienced kids? Kids who have done tech before. Nowadays, many kids are tech savvy and they can come up with great enhancing tech options for your production. Now, usually you start the rehearsal process and unless you have something very complicated tech comes in in the end when at least you have a close to a final version of what you're doing so you can just give them the light cues the sound cues and you can rehearse with the actors who have already memorized their lines and know where they're standing and so on and so forth leora asks what do i do when a family doesn't show up on the day of the show Mm, that's a great question, Leora. And nowadays, after a pandemic, I would say a post-pandemic experience, we know that things happen and, you know, a child might not be feeling good or, or something unexpected. So I said, always have a backup plan. And you or the person in charge, the teachers, are the backup plan, right? Especially when you run small events or you're by yourself or you have a small staff assigned to to run the Purim spiel. Depending on the event, you might want to have um, teachers be the backups for certain parts, which are larger parts. And uh, if it's a less featured part with with not so many lines, you maybe have another child say that line. This is why ideally participants should arrive an hour before showtime, maybe a little more if you need to uh, run tech, which you do, and maybe they need to get into costumes and, and all those things. But you also check that everybody's there, everybody remembers what they're supposed to be doing, and you can also uh, do a fun game and calm the jitters that some people may have before opening time. Which brings me to warming up. It's really important during rehearsals and also before the curtain lifts up to warm up your voice, your muscles, some tongue twisters are fun, some uh, silly exercises to relax ourselves and to remind ourselves that we need to enjoy the show, right? All right, my last tip is about narrators. They're a great resource. And from the time you're choosing the script or maybe writing your script, a narrator can really facilitate your experience by having a person which could be a teacher or one of the older kids have the largest amount of lines. And depending on which type of narrator you have, they might even have some cheat sheet with the script or the lines that they're supposed to say. You can also divide the role of narrators and you can make it fun. Maybe there is one narrator that messes up and the other one keeps correcting them. There are multiple things that you can do. If you are looking for a ready-made Purim script, maybe you just realize, oh, this is a fun idea and I don't have to put on the whole show. I can do it reader theater style, you know, and just read the play and I can do it at home or just with my class. You can go to shalomif.com forward slash Purim and there you can find Missif's script. Use the code RaisingJewishKids23 for a special discount. That's shalomif.com forward slash Purim. 
code Raising Jewish Kids 23. And it's a fantastic, fun, educational show that you can also enhance with your own perspective, but you have the bare bones of a great script that you can use right away. And if you are not in Miami and you still want to experience the Poor Imagination show, you can access Miss Eve's show on demand at shalomeve.com forward slash Purim. And there you can you can get your on-demand show with Miss E, which is fun, interactive, and crosses the screens. All right, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to talk some improv, learn some games, and have fun. So let's welcome Andrew Davis from the Bible Players. Raising Jewish Kids is brought to you by my new book, Words from My Heart, the hands-on Jewish prayer book. Words from My Heart presents an interactive approach to spirituality and Jewish prayer for children. It's a hands-on scrapbook-style book that includes activities, games, songs, Hebrew words, prayers, and more. You can check it out at shalomeve.com. Andrew Davis is an improviser and facilitator based in Philadelphia, where he lives with his wife Molly Wernick and son Miller. Andrew received a BA in English Literature from Brandeis University, went on to study improvisation at the Magnet Theatre, and received a Certificate of Facilitations from Georgetown University. In 2011, Andrew co-founded the Bible Players, a comedy team which is improving Jewish lives. The Bible Players have toured up to 30 states, visiting hundreds of camps, schools, and synagogues teaching Jewish values with a sense of humor. He walks softly and carries a big shtick. Get it? In 2016, Andrew co-founded the non-profit Characters, an interactive theatrical walking experience where the past visits you. He is the executive director of both the Bible play Players and Characters, and in 2018, he received the Jewish Education Project's Young Pioneer Award. Wow! Please welcome Andrew Davies from the Bible Players. How are you, Evelyn? So good to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me and for that introduction. That was very kind. Oh, please. I remember when pandemic times, I don't know if that's completely over or not, but you know, you had your live thing and I went on and it was as a guest, it was just so much fun. And I said, you know what? We have to get these guys in uh, raising, raising Jewish kids. So I'm, I'm so happy that you well. made it. Uh, How are I'm you? in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it's Amazingly going up to 70 degrees here today, so we're just feeling very lucky. I'm very excited to uh, to go outside and take my son out to the playground later, so it's a good day. So today, Andrew, as people know already, we'll talk about improv and theater. So first, let's begin from the beginning. Uh, what was your journey like? I mean, we read your bio, but what brought you into this world and what brought you into uniting? United, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, my the first role I ever had was when I was six years old, at least that I remember. I was in kindergarten, and they paired us with the sixth graders, and I had one line, which I still remember. I was the only kindergarten boy that got a line, and it was, hey, boys can do the can-can too. And then we did this can-can kick line with all the boys in kindergarten, um, which in retrospect was, like, really amazing and really great to, in, at six years old, already be like, 
throw out gender roles, throw out the norms that people expect. And theater is a place where you can have fun and be yourself and do what you want. Um, you know, I, I ended up doing, uh, I was in fifth grade. I was Tevye and Fiddler on the Roof, which was fun. Basically, because I just put on a piece of paper, they asked us to put down big part or small part, singing or non-singing. And I like thought about it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a big part singing. And I think I'm probably the only boy that did that. So I think that's why I got the role of Tevya. There was no auditions. Um, so <laughs> it had nothing to do with my skills. It just had to do with uh, wanting it, being up for it, which I think is a lot of life. It's just like being willing to raise your hand and be like, I'll give it a shot, which for me is what I love about improv. It's just kind of all about, all right, I'll give it a try. Um, and, you know, fast forwarding, I in high school, I did theater. In college, I did a lot of theater. I moved to New York City after college and found myself falling in love with improvisation and improv theater at the Magnet Theater. Uh, I was on a musical improv team there for a couple of years where we'd make up a musical every Tuesday night. Um, if you live in New York City, I still recommend going to the Magnet Theater. It's amazing. Um, and I was teaching, working with kids and doing performing, you know, and this is sort of what brought me to the Bible Players was my work was always with kids. I did tutoring. I've taught, I've been a tennis coach. I've been a high school substitute teacher. I've taught at different religious schools, day schools, at summer camps. And my co-founder, Aaron Friedman, and I were working at Ramana Nayak, a day camp just outside of New York City. And we were kind of having conversations about what we love about Judaism and Jewish education and what we love about improv and comedy and theater. And we really thought to ourselves, no one is combining these worlds, right? These are these two worlds that don't speak to each other that often, except maybe at Purim, which we can talk about. Um, but in general, no one's kind of combining these worlds. So we said, let's try. Let's, let's write some funny stories based off of, you know, biblical stories. Let's come up with different games that teach Jewish values through improv. And, you know, kind of the rest, as they say, is history. We started in 2011 with the two of us and traveled around and performed doing shows and doing workshops. Um, and we've kind of slowly grown to be a bigger team. Now there's about 10 of us. And we're in New York City and Philly and L.A. and always still doing kind of two-person comedy shows and then training workshops and lots of fun things. But that's kind of we brought the, how we brought those worlds together. That's fantastic. You get so much fun and you light up when you tell us about it. So so it's so great. And I love your Tevia story. I think I agree. So many things in life just happen because we dare. We are right. the Shanim, right? We take the step, the, the first step. Oh, that, that's fantastic. And by the way, I know you're not yet in Miami. So Miami people or South Korea people, come on, wake up. It's going to be amazing. I'll be happy to, to you know, guest participate because this is so much fun. But it's not only fun, right? You really get to experience, in this case, Judaism from a very different perspective. So would you walk us a little bit about yeah. how you do that with the Absolutely. Bible Absolutely. So... You know, our our approach is kind of trying to use uh, improv and comedy as a way to explore Jewish values. Um, and we've come to calling that mitzprov, where we're doing improv as a way to live our mitzvot, to live our Jewish values. So um, we do it in different ways, you know, I think. But what combines everything we do is kind of using comedy and improv as a way to explore Jewish stories and Jewish values. So sometimes we're performing shows like our most common audience is probably kindergarten to sixth grade, kind of an elementary school audience. And we'll share one or two stories, either about a Chag, a holiday that's happening, or um, a story that we connect to something. We share some stories of kindness at the well. We look at three stories from the Bible of uh, characters meeting at the well. And it's we talk about the chesed 
the kindness that brings them together. And then we play improv games to unpack how do we show chesed? How do we show kindness in our day-to-day lives, right? We don't meet people at the well anymore, most of us, um, but we have lots of opportunities every moment of every day to kind of live out our Jewish values. And then I think we, you know, so we, we introduce one Jewish value, one Jewish word, whether it's kehila and thinking about community or chesed and kindness. And then we use stories and games to unpack how we, how we do that. How do we build community? How do we show kindness? Um, I think, you know, a lot of times I talk about with folks that too often our Judaism and I think our Jewish identity, we can, we kind of put on that hat literally and metaphorically when we go to synagogue and then we take it off when we live the rest of our lives. And I think a lot of the work that we do, and I know that you do too, uh, Miss Eve, is to kind of bridge that gap and say that our Jewish values and our beliefs and our uh, mitzvot are something that we carry with us all the time. And it's so important to not kind of separate those sides of ourselves, but say it's all part of um, who we are. So, you know, our hope is to be a super fun entertainment for people while we're there, but leave them with games that they can keep using to kind of keep exploring these Jewish values and, you know, how we treat each other. So that's kind of an overview. I love it. Yeah. I love everything that you said. I'm taking notes. Um, that's down. <laughs> no, honestly, there are some fabulous takeaways. And yes, for those of you who are asking right now live, we are going to do some gates, but let's pause that. That's like further ahead. First of all, if you're joining us live, thank you so much for making the time. And if you have a question or a comment, please um, share that with us so that we can include that into our conversation. The other thing that I wanted to, to ask you is I'm coming from the theater background, so I know this, but maybe our audience, you know, have yet to learn this as I have and I imagine you do, you have to learn so many other things. So what is improv and what's the difference between improv and... Yeah, so I think that, you know, the main difference is that people know is that improv is made up and theater is usually written, right? Now that's like oversimplifying, sometimes they overlap. But I think what improv really came from was it started as the games that actors played backstage, right? The games they played to rehearse, to come up with ideas, to things. And the idea of improv is, let's share that. Like, let's make that the show. Let's make that the performance. So improv is really anything that you improvise, that you make up on the spot. Um, in When you study improv kind of deep in the world, like the Magnet Theater, they kind of divide it into what we call long-form improv and short-form improv. So short-form improv is probably what people are most familiar with and mostly what we do, which are specific games that can last a few minutes with rules and guidance and some suggestions that kind of lead to a scene. Whose line is it anyway? I kind of grew up with. It's probably the most famous version. There was a British show and now an American show. Uh, Love that and grew up with that. Long form improv is where you get kind of a single word or idea and then you do a whole hour long show. There's even a group, TJ and Dave, who might be the best improvising team in America. And they do a show with no suggestions. They just come out on stage and they say, trust us, this is all made up. They turn off the lights and they turn them back on and they do a show. Um, so, um, but the, I think the joy of improv performing and watching is that it's all made up together and it's the magic of people and ideas being shared together. So improv is something that really we don't do on our own. We always do with at least one other person because 
it's sharing our ideas, but bouncing off of each other's ideas as well. And that's what makes it so much fun. So we do some shows where we have written stories. And then a big focus of ours is the Mitzprov is improv to kind of play games and unpack those stories. And we'll play a couple games uh, together today. Oh, I, I can't wait, but I will. <laughs> I, I love improv games. I was in Argentina. We, there are several troops, and there's one that... Um, they would take a mix of suggestions from the audience, whether it's they would say a verb or a noun, or, but they also will mix that with genre. So it will be, now it's a musical with the world, you know, the word kitchen. Or now it's, um, uh, let's say it's um, satire with the word shoe. And they just, and it was so hilarious to see them come up with, with these things and trying to remember what to incorporate and what not. Um, and, yeah, it's just so much fun, but, but it's more than fun. It's, yeah, stepping into those shoes. And it's also, I find it improv as a very mm. amazing tool for everyday life because get what, people, you are improvising lots of yeah. times. I mean, we don't want to <laughs> acknowledge it. Guys. Yeah, absolutely. We do, and, right? um, you know, one of the things that we talk about in connecting with our Jewish values is the Shema prayer, which the word Shema is not a rude way to ask your mom to be quiet. Shema. That's not what it means. Mom actually just signed on. <laughs> so she's hearing that joke, which is fun. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Uh, but, you know, uh, Shema is, means listen, right, or hear. And it's one of our most fundamental Jewish prayers. And to me, the core thing that we're practicing when we do improv is listening. Because we, we're building ideas together. And if we're not listening to each other, if we're not practicing Shema, every game falls apart. Every scene falls apart, right? Because it's all made up. So if we're not deeply listening, um, we're really going to miss miss things, right? And it's not just listening to the words, listening to the tone. Oh, this other actor is mad. Maybe we have a relationship. We're in a fight. Or this actor is excited. Maybe they're a young kid. Maybe we're playing kids at school, right? We're picking up all kinds of things from what we're um, listening to. You know, and to your point of kind of application, and especially for, you know, your audience here raising Jewish kids, I think being a parent is so much about listening and improvising, right? <laughs> I've, I, yeah. How dare you say that? Not at all. Not at all. We are all experts in this exactly. subject. Exactly. I, I, yes. I'm a newish parent. My, I have, uh, my son Miller is a year and a half old, so I'm, I'm still pretty early on in the parenting game. And, you know, I already see how much um, is improvising and listening and seeing where they're at because every day is really different. And as much as we want to prepare, give them the best, make plans, you know, it, it's it's a lot of improvising. So I think for me, improv games are a great way to practice kind of that silliness and that being feeling of being out of place, but in kind of a safe space. So that when in real life we have to do it where our PowerPoint doesn't work and we have to do our presentation without a computer or our kids' school gets canceled, and suddenly we have a whole day to fill, and we had no plan, right? Um, we're like, okay, I can do this. I can improvise. I can get there. So I think it's definitely life skills that we all need to practice. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. Of course, I was joking before. So much of what we do is about um, making it up as we go. But sometimes, you know, it gives you training. The fact that you are 
practicing improv, it helps you improvise better next time. And like you said, I love that. The, I love the shma, <laughs> but I also love the fact that, yes, it's all about listening. Another thing that it was very useful, like when I think of improv, I think of yes and, right? Those two words, the magic words, saying yes to your partner and adding up, like bringing something to the conversation, but you don't bring something to the conversation without first having heard because... It's not about you. It's not even about them. It's about all of you together. Um, do you think we can give a short example of when this would work, when we are listening and when we're not listening? Maybe for our audience, that's try. I'm just yeah, 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 this, absolutely. So. Um, you know, we I, yeah, I think it's all the time that we're when we're listening, it works. When we're not listening, it doesn't. I think so. Um, I'll share a really simple game that kind of shares that idea of yes and um, that's called. Uh, Todaraba, which is thank you very much. And this is a gift giving game. So I love to teach this one as kind of building block of improv. And also because I really think the greatest gift we can give is listening to each other and being creative together. That's the best gift, right? Really. That's the best thing. You know, I think as we get older, not that we're old, Eve, you and I, we're still very young. And as we get older, I think we realize that our time is the most precious thing and time with our friends is all we want, right? We don't really want stuff. We want time with people. So the way Todaraba works, and we can play this together, is one person says... Second, hold that thought. I, heard, I read yesterday, just yesterday, um, the question was, how do children spell love? And the answer mm -hmm. was T-I-M-E. Because you mentioned that, like, our greatest resource is time. And yeah, as a parent... As an educator, too, but especially as, you know, when you're a parent or at home with kids in your everyday life. Let's try and remember that even more, right? Our time is the most valuable thing. I totally interrupted you. No, That's it, not cool in improv, it was about so love, please go ahead. It was about time, and I love it. Um, that was great. Um, so, to Darabad, the first person will say, here, I got you the gi a gift. The second person then says, to Darabad, thank you for, and they get to make up what the gift is. So, the receiver makes up what it is. So they could say, thank you for the cactus. And then the final line is the first person now has to explain why they got them that gift that they just heard about. So they say, oh yeah, I got you a cactus because I know your plants have been dying lately and cacti are pretty indestructible. So you should be good. Um, and then we switch and the other person says, I got you a gift. So we give a few gifts back and forth. So do you want to try this out? A few gifts? Oh. Yeah. Um, so why don't you give me a <laughs> gift first? You can say, here, Andrew, I got you a gift. Andrew, because you're here at Raising Jewish Kids, oh, I got you this Thank you gift. so much here, for this giant you. roll of tape. Thank you. Yes. I, I thought it would be very useful for you, you know, with a toddler because, you know, they tend to escape. So with that tape, you can sort of tie him up a little bit. Like, not too tight, but sometimes I like that. It's like a bundle thing. So, yeah, enjoy. Oh, thank if you, you run out, perfect. I'll send you Yes, extras. that's perfect. Fun. A little bit like a hug like a hug with the tape. I love it. Um, well, I actually got you a gift too, Ms. Eve. Here, I got you a gift. Here you go. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. Oh, a parrot. Yeah, I got How you a you parrot know? because I know you're trying to remember the things that you said. And this way, the parrot will just say things back to you. And that way it's, you know, it can kind of repeat. Like if you have something to remember, like, oh, remember to uh, run the washing machine later, the parrot will remind you. So it's great. So that... <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, I love it. I wonder if at home you are ready to try that out today. I, yeah. I, you know, I encourage you to do that. And with kids also, they 
like their ability to jump into a game and the world of pretend and make believe. And when they see a grown up doing that too, they are like, I'm going to try this at home today. I'm going to just write it down. If not today, tomorrow, not tomorrow, this weekend, because I don't want to lie on live <laughs> Instagram. Um, Good. So yeah, so Arabah, definitely. And I think your next game, uh, Andrew, I was, I just remember something that's very useful in these terms of yes and uh, with kids. Sometimes as adults, we need to say no. But before we do that, and sometimes it's just plain no, and sometimes we need to do that. Yes, sometimes we need to do that. I need the parents to, to help me remember that. Um, but there are other ways. So sometimes we can use the yes if, right? And we can we have ice cream? Yes, if you finish your piece, right? <laughs> Or your whatever it is that you're eating. That's a yes if. So try to find that. Um, or it could be a yes when, right? Can I have a cell phone? Yes, when you turn 12 and you show me that you're capable of taking care of it, whatever it is. So yes, if, yes, and. And there's another one before reaching out that no, it could be a no, but, no, however, right? Um, can we stay up late tonight? No, however, on Saturday night, how about if we do a slumber party and we stay up late right. and eat popcorns and watch a movie? So um, just to make a bridge between improv, the yes, and, and and parenting or educating on raising Jewish kids, kids in general. Maybe that's... Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, it is, it is definitely challenging being a parent. Well, you, do, you do have to say no sometimes. You do want to make it clear, especially when there's safety, right? Like we're, what we're struggling with right now at home is my son is now able to climb onto the couch and just run around and can just like fall off the couch. So we're struggling with setting that boundary, right? But I think... Um, improv and the creativity to practice too is to listen to like what does the kid want what are they looking for so can i make a new space where he can run around and jump that feels less dangerous to me right so that's a better situation so that's kind of a long-term yes and right so in the moment we might just say no can't do that but maybe we can find another another thing right so it's um yeah it's that creativity for sure that is so important yeah <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you. And by the way, a shout out to, uh, to Aaron and to all your team because they're amazing. And yeah, uh, we totally. just want to say hi to them. <laughs> all so we have games and you have to yeah, say yes. Yeah, and you got to say yes. Exciting. And um, I, I wanted to share a game specifically that I love around Purim um, because Purim is coming up so soon. And as I was mentioning earlier, you know, for us, I say sometimes that uh, Purim is the only time of the year when we're talking to Jewish communities that I don't have to convince them to have fun. Um, like, you know, doing theater as you do and doing like improv and comedy as we do. I'm often like trying to convince them of the value of comedy and improv. But Purim is the one time of the year where like every synagogue is suddenly remembers like, oh, yeah, we should do theater. We should have fun. We should do silly things. It's great. So it gives the people the liberty to do that. Um, so I want to share a game that's kind of a twist on a classic game that people know. So a lot of people know Simon Says or Shimon Omer in Hebrew, where We're following the instructions of the leader, and we have to listen carefully. So we love to do a kind of improv version of that um, that we like to call Haman says. And so in the story of Purim, Haman tells Mordechai to bow down, right? And Mordechai doesn't want to bow. This is kind of a big part of the story. And so with Haman says, you have to creatively do the opposite of whatever Haman says. So if Haman says, sit down, you have to stand up. If Haman says, 
uh, bark like a dog, you have to uh, act. Yeah, maybe you have to meow like a cat. Yeah. Exactly. And it's up to you to think, like, what's the opposite, right? So for some kids, maybe the opposite of barking like a dog is being really quiet. Or maybe it's barking, but as a turtle. I don't know. They can be creative, so you can have different answers. So I thought we could try this out, Miss Eva. I could be Haman and give you a few, and you could kind of do the opposite, whatever that means to you. And then um, if you want to do any for me, if you want to take a turn being Haman, because it's Purim, and we like playing the bad guy too, you know? Uh, That's so much fun. And um, I actually, yeah, use that. I especially use that during Passover. So yeah. Professor Pharaoh says, but I, I also get very close to the story. So it's a combination of, you know, sometimes I have to carry the bricks and all that stuff, but it's okay. more traditional Pharaoh says. So, and it's in a place. So it's a little bit different. This is a game in itself for uh, our audience. So you can just do this, you know, just revisit shortly the, the story of, of Purim. And this is such a great all right, let's game. Do it. Okay, let's, I am ready. And like you said, I think Pharaoh says is great. <laughs> you can do this as Antiochus says. Any of the kind of bad guys of our different Chagim or stories are great. So, all right. So, uh, so let's see. Let's see, Haman says, uh, Haman says, uh, be really mean, be really mean. Oh, you're blowing kisses. No, 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 no. Okay, uh, Haman says, Haman says, uh, act like a kitty cat, act like a kitty cat. Uh, oh. oh, that's a scary tiger, that's not a kitty cat. Uh, okay, Haman says, uh, breathe silently. Oh, ah, ah, so loud, so loud. So that's the idea, Haman says. This is so much fun. I, I, I feel kind of bad. I'm having a good time on our viewers or listeners. If you're doing this at home, I hope you are. If you're driving, please pause. Somebody just shared a heart. If you want to write in the chat some things, we will do that too. I, I feel a little bit selfish just having all this fun for ourselves. Yeah. Okay, let yeah, me try that. Come on. Yeah, transform. Uh, yeah, I'm putting on a scarf. Thank you for, <laughs> for voicing what we're doing. Um, scarf on, so now... This is officially Haman's hat. Um, Haman says, uh, sing for well, me. Nope, I will not sing for you. No. Haman says, be quiet. Haman says, stay still. Do not move. I'm jumping around and I'm running around. And I'm jumping. I'm running. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, I really love it because um, it can be great with a big group, first of all. You know, uh, Ms. Eve, you and I work with big, you and I work with big groups. And what's fun is you can play all together, but different people can do their own things, right? So we get to express our personality while doing something collectively, which I just think is such a fun combination um and it's also something where they have to be a good listener even though they're doing the opposite right because if they weren't listening it would be very obvious like we asked you to sit still and they're not moving oh they weren't listening they weren't running around so uh love it that way yeah so i also think it's very useful that you don't need to play with the whole idea of whether hmm. you say a man says or not first because younger kids i find that in my shows uh, it's it's kind of confusing still. So you might just want to say the opposite, which is something that kids from a young age are exposed to, you know, so, and, and yeah. it's easy to encourage. 
And what, you know, what I recommend to folks leading, like teachers or parents are playing this, like you put on a little hat for yours. Another great theater thing that we do, right, is just to turn around, right? Just turn up stage, turn your back to everyone, and then turn back, and now you're Haman. And then when you want to end the game and be yourself again, you can turn around, upstage, turn back, and you're yourself, right? Just that little piece, like little pieces of theater magic like that. Just tell people, like, oh, okay, the, the Haman's gone, you know? <laughs> yeah, so it's fun. I love that. Um, I was wondering if you have other tips or tricks that you'd like to share with us. It could be related even to pouring. Maybe they can weave in improv when they're doing a Purim spiel or rehearsal. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one that could be great as part of a Purim spiel, and we like to do as part of our Purim show, is, um, you know, having people often have, like, the scene of uh, the king Ahasuerosh picking uh, Queen Esther or Hadassah, right? And uh, it's fun. it can be fun to have volunteers who don't get picked. And I love to play a game where you, you see, like, how silly they can be. And I'll tell all our kids, like, you have to be really silly or ridiculous so that the king doesn't pick you because we need him to pick Esther for the story to, like, continue properly. So, so you can either play where the kids just come up with it themselves or what can be fun is make it a guessing game where they get suggestions, like one kid has to act like a bunny rabbit and one kid has to act like a janitor and another kid has to be Beyonce. And then the king has to try and kind of interview them and figure out what they're doing and then tell them, oh, no, no, you can't be queen, you know? So that's really fun. Yeah. It works both for the show and for casting. Like if you have to cast a bunch of kids and you're looking for someone, you can either do it straight, like saying, okay, who can be silly? You'll be a Hasharosh or the one who is being least silly yeah. and maybe doing some other thing. Um, so yeah, I love, that's a great that's a fun part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So beyond Purim, because maybe someone said, okay, I get Purim and theater. What can we do the rest of the year? With Jewish values, you already mentioned the kindness uh, at the well. What else is there? Maybe some ideas for our, the classroom or for uh, home? Yeah, so, you know, we, we, we love when we visit communities to do a whole kind of teacher training. So like this Sunday, I'll be in Baltimore doing some shows and then staying after school to work with the teachers on kind of our whole approach um, and, you know, what I really say is try and pick one game that you're going to try out and bring into your curriculum. So we share a lot of different games. And anyone that wants to be in touch who's watching this or listening to this on podcast, um, what if we share my email? It's just andrew at thebibleplayers.com. And we have a whole kind of book of activities um, that, that folks can play, that they can learn. But happy to share one more. If you want to play one more game, that would be fun. Yeah. And yes, Everybody out there listening because they, they're wondering, will there be another game, one, one more game, one so, game, one um, This is one we okay. call Shema News, right? Because we're practicing our listening. And the way it works is, um, Missy, if you and I will take turns making up news headlines, but we have to use one word from the previous headline in our new headline. So if the first person said, uh, dogs and cats are now best friends, then maybe the next person says, Shema News, uh, Friends is once again the number one show in America, right? Um, so you have to use a word from your friend's headline yep. to make yours. So we have to practice our great listening and thinking on the spot. Our listening skills. Let's right. try it out. All right. So Please, let's uh, begin. Shema News, uh, hiking mountains, it now takes more than an hour. 
Shema news. An hour from from now, these Shema news. Over. over the hill, you will find a new Dairy Queen. Shema news. It seems like Queen Vashti disappeared from. Shema the news. Vashti opens a new line of clothing called Get It Girl. Shema news. There's a line in the horizon that appears to be closer Shema as we walk Shema towards news. it. Horizon is the new sci-fi movie starring Jennifer Lopez this summer. Shema news. During the summer, the Bible players will be available yeah. for kids hey, let's and end it there. Worships. That was great. Oh, wonderful. Oh, thank you, Andrew, so much. Before we say our goodbyes, I would love for you to share with us, you did briefly, but in more extents, where can people find you, follow you, get in touch with the Bible players, and uh, yeah, yeah, just work so those improv yeah, muscles. Yeah, so uh, right here on Instagram, at the Bible players. We also have our Facebook page, which is also the Bible players. Um, and then there's our website, www.thebibleplayers.com. Um, and my email, as I mentioned, is just andrew at thebibleplayers.com. Um, on our website, you can sign up for what we call our monthly Jews letter. So we have a once-a-month email with uh, games, sometimes new videos. Today, um, we shared with our subscribers a Purim parody that we made off of Hey Jude called Hey Jew, um, which tells the story of Purim through a song, um, which is really fun. And uh, like I said, if you email me, I'm happy to share all these activities. We have a whole PDF that's always growing of different Jewish improv games where we talk about when to play it, what ages we recommend it for, what Jewish value we connected with, and whether we made it up or we learned it from somewhere or adapted it from someone else, because I love to, to give that shout out. And the last thing I'll mention is that, you know, we love to do Artist in Residence weekends. We do an adult show called the Unkosher Comedy Show. Um, we do teen play shops uh, where we look at Pure Chaos Vote and make commercials. And uh, we'd love to, to be in touch if you want to talk. Um, this has been so much fun. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Andrew, and the whole Bible players, the Bible players team for, for being here with us at Raising Jewish Kids. It's been fun. And sometimes it's important to yeah. have those fun conversations, too, because sometimes get caught up in all this craziness and the seriousness of it all. And Purim, I think, and Adar with this, this uh, mandated joy <laughs> reminds us to enjoy life. And that we can do that through playing too. And we can do that as adults. I love that playing means to play both like as an actor and, you know, to play a game. I think there's something very um, deep there. And I thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you so much for, for having me and for all the great work you do. Thank you, friends, for listening. If you like the podcast, please give it a like, five stars, leave a review, and kindly spread the word. We are growing little by little. Also, if you have comments or questions, please let me know. Write me an email, toratron at gmail.com. I wish you Purim Sameach. May we have a happy Purim filled with joy, with unity, with pride, and also with fun. Shalom!